We have to change everything. We have to change how we look at ourselves, how we look at others, how we define what it is we want to do with this natural urge we have to create, call it work. For most of human history, the community has been at the basis of work and not the factory. You ask the average worker, do you like your job first thing? Like it? No. Well, I think the questions we need to wrestle with are not the questions of what will the future of work be. I think we need to ask who are the people Who's thinking, thinking about, about work in ways and creativity that are valuable in ways that we think point toward the future. Species essence. What is our species essence? A group of us from Detroit have been meeting regularly, discussing the importance of moving from the Rust Belt to the Green Belt, creating local sustainable economies. So we're, we're really trying to figure out how we can make the, deep in the theoretical discussion as well as share practically what folks are doing. For most of human history, we were trying to develop the productive forces in order to survive and we invented fire, and we became technologically astute and able and all that sort of thing. And we didn't realize that uh, we were losing ourselves in order to advance the productive forces. But now we've reached the point where we can begin nurturing this other side. We are works in progress. We're in the process of becoming more human human beings. Our job is to be examples of what we know is possible. You guys ready? Brenda, I'll help you with that one, and I'll catch you on the next one. I'm Gloria Lowe, and... It seems cleaner. I'm just loving my community right now. That's better for us. I'm a founder of uh, We Want Green, too. Our mission is to re-educate, retrain, and rebuild a 21st century sustainable Detroit. This is one of the, the bedrooms on the front of the house. We'll repair the cracks, fill those, smooth it out again, and then repaint it. We are looking to construct as many various teams in the basic skills, drywalling, painting, floor repair. We are in the attic. We're throwing down all the stuff that was demoed. Getting it prepped for a uh, rehanging drywall. Right now, we're working out of shelters, uh, out of the Detroit Veterans Administration Building, a connection we have there with homeless vets. My nephew knows Gloria. Young people who are underemployed in the community. And we just came over here and talked to her one day, and she offered me a job. And people who have overcome the substance abuse. That's why I'm here as well as those who have been incarcerated. You're making your neighborhood look, look better. You're helping out the community. And your neighbors might catch on to what you're doing and decide to help out pitch in or something. We have very good house stock in the city. And these houses, many of them date back to the early 1900s and late 1800s. It would cost you a fortune to try and build a house today with the same quality of material. So we know that the greenest house is the house that's already there. 
And all you do is take the time to rebuild it. Every house in Detroit has a foundation. So where you have people who are challenged, they don't have jobs, why not make their jobs restructuring their own communities? You need that three cut? No, I got it. Oh, okay. The work I'm doing now is just, it's phenomenal. There's not a price tag I could hang on it. And I know that because I've been on the other side. We're here at the, the Packard plant that used to make luxury cars and Rolls-Royce engines during the war. And it was an auto plant which was built in 1903, uh, designed and architectured by Albert Kahn, and it closed in 1956. But if you look around and you see that it's this massive complex, this industrial complex that was built almost, on, almost 110 years ago, what remains is both the massiveness of the industrial age but also the pain of the industrial age and the destruction that takes place. So 50, 60 years ago, there were 15,000 auto workers you know, working here and making a middle class way of life. And now it's this massive brick and massive cement. And for me, I come here because it's a way to give people a sense of time. It's only been 100, 150 years that people worked in large factories. My name is Rich Feldman. In 1971, I hired into a Ford assembly plant and painted underbody, and then worked in the trim shop. And after 20 years, got elected to some local union positions. And I had the privilege of working with Grace Boggs and her husband, Jimmy Boggs, since 1972 or 73. I'm Grace Lee Boggs, 95 years old, who has been a philosopher since my teens and who has been an activist since my 20s. When I came to Detroit in 1953, there were 17,000 workers at the Chrysler Jefferson plant. And I used to think that if you just threw a stone up in the air you would, and it came down, it would hit a Chrysler worker. Today, there are less than 2,000 workers at the Chrysler Justice Plant. It's so highly automated. The whole business of people being able to drop out of school in the ninth grade and getting a job in the plant, that, that changed. Young people didn't know exactly what was go they are going to do. Schooling became sort of like irrelevant because schooling had only been too get far enough so that you could you know, be sufficiently literate to work on the line. And that changed so drastically that the neighborhoods began changing, that Detroit began changing. Even folks who have good intentions that talk about new policies for cities or a new policy, economic policy for the country, they see it as fixing something that's broken. They don't see it as an evolutionary process of something growing and a new kind of culture emerging. As long as there's life, there's hope. And Gloria represents that in that discussion about regaining human dignity and regaining the, the, the healing that has to go on. I worked in an automotive plant. And regaining the, the strength and the vision for how people will give meaning to our lives again. I understand what it means to not be able to think and what that takes away from a person because it took it away from me. He said, just do the job. Don't think about the job. 
I could not even do the job. give Don't suggestions the job. to building something. I'm the one that's working there, so I could not understand do the job. Don't why the you job. felt that I didn't have valuable input for building this automobile that people like myself would buy. And it seems like such a small thing, but it really isn't. Not when you're building something. I was a final line inspector. My job was to drive, after inspecting, to drive the cars outside the plant, park them in a certain area so the transportation would pick them up and load them up on the trucks. This particular day, I had driven the car out and was walking back into the building. Just as I was up under the, the automatic door, the bushing filled door came down right on my head. The um, neurologist that I saw told me that I had left side nerve damage from the top of my brain down through my feet. There was so much pain on a lot of medication. Couldn't sleep, didn't eat much, delayed speech, problems with my vision, ringing in my ears. My body would go into contortions. Whew. You sort of treated her as you would treat a young child. My name is Joyce Wortham. I'm Gloria's older sister. How to brush your teeth after you ate, how to clean yourself up in the morning when you got up. And she just sort of followed the pattern. It took about two, two and a half years for me to come back around. I felt so blessed to have been given an opportunity to live again. I was told by my doctors that I would never work again that all of that was complete in my life. I was only 50 years old. I didn't know what it meant not to work. I do remember that there was an awakening uh, that happened inside of my soul, that when I came up out of this, I no longer had the same concerns. I understood what love was unconditionally because it had been given to me. And all I could do was return it. Good morning, how are you? I'm usually up and out by 6.30 in the morning, 6.30 to 7 o'clock a.m. I'm great, and yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Stop at the Tim Hortons. Always give me one coffee. I'd like an extra large cafe mocha, oftentimes with a bagel. Thank you. And do the Michigan turnaround and enter Belle Isle, which is um, the blessing that we have in Detroit an island that is attached to us uh, that separates the United States from Canada and is surrounded with all this beautiful, peaceful water and boats, which I love. And I go there and I meditate and I think. I woke up this morning with this thought on my mind about language. In the news you hear the poverty-stricken citizens of Detroit, all oh, the devastated communities. It's so desolate. That was enough to make you feel bad. What if it read the spiritually rich citizens of the city of Detroit experiencing abandoned homes have now decided to embrace with love and hope their communities and rebuild for a future. 
that sounds different. That's more positive. Spiritually, it's said that nothing positive can come out of a negative. If we embrace transformation, I think that's not true. The ability to recreate is always with us. Good afternoon, Detroit. Welcome to the Eastside People's Festival. My name is Gloria Lowe. I'm one of the members of the Eastside People's Collective. I think that's what our name is going to be. And not only do we love you, we're here for you. And we understand that things are hard right now. But we are the people who make a way out of nowhere. As you walk these grounds and you look at the various small businesses set up, at the People's Festival, I was elated. It was so much of an example of what I know is going on. And one example of that is the work that Mark Covington is doing on the east side. I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to, especially my neighbors. Was laid off. Cleaning oil tanks in Toledo at BP to <laughs> cleaning up bird poop off of Kmart signs just sitting around, couldn't stand it any longer, and said, I have to do something. I have these issues about how my community looks. I know we can do something better than this. His neighbors joined with him. I, I know just about everybody around here. Starts with the garden. So this is our strawberry patch. And next thing you know, I mean, he's doing fabulous work over there. Me losing my job has, you know, kind of narrowed that focus to wanting to help the community more. And... I think it's approximately a half a mile east from Mark is on the Rise Bakery. Brother Cleo, good morning, good morning. Those guys are returning citizens and they want to do something with their hands. I help train the guys that come into the program in the baking process, but also try to be an example through my actions that a person can be incarcerated and it could be old, like, you know, I've, you know I'm 62, and also be able to bounce back, you know, and that's what I try to uh, tell guys, hey, it's not over. Fabulous work. The guys have a different attitude. They're very uplifted. They're healing some of their issues. The families are proud again. And needless to say, they make this wonderful Danish. It's dangerous. These little tidbits are going on all over Michigan. People are at the point that they realize that they need to recreate a new world for themselves. What's been so interesting is because I've lived here so long, I've watched the decline, and then I've, I've, I'm watching a resurgence, which is taking a very different form. It's dependent not on people having jobs, but on people beginning to do for themselves. And how will it become something that impacts the dominant culture? It becomes that when people begin to realize they have no choice, people have to take the time to do the work that people like Gloria are doing. That there's no shortcut answers, there's no credit card answers, there's no jobs program that's going to create it because it is one person at a time and, and, and one block at a time and one house at a time. And then that becomes an inspiration to others. I've been talking about 
cultural revolutions for quite a while, long time. But I've been simply saying a changes that are as deep and broad as those that took place 11,000 years ago when we moved from hunting and gathering to agriculture. And a few hundred years ago when we moved from agriculture to industry. These are huge paradigm shifts and I don't think we've ever really discussed them. If you don't know about it and you just rap past, you won't pay no attention to it. But if you do know about the kind of work you're doing here, it'll amaze you. It will. It'll amaze you. And that's really how movements are created. They're not created from the top down and they're not created as masses. They're created as very step-by-step -step personal critical connections that, that each individual makes with another individual because something gets touched in that person that says, I can be part of changing myself and changing the world and they really begin to do that and that's what Glory has done so when she touches someone else they touch someone else and they say wow I'm part of this and that requires that we do a lot of work and that work starts with searching your own soul we have to put some of the pain aside and move forth on this hope that it's now or never I think we are extraordinarily lucky to be living in this time.